You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast with Pastor Rick Francis. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. Well, welcome to the Vineyard. It's good to see you this morning. It's a glorious, joyous occasion. Third Sunday of Advent. Mm, is that amazing? Absolutely amazing. Let's see. Christmas will be here before you realize it. Has anybody ever noticed how fast Christmas seems to be coming these days? Mm-hmm. I always find it interesting that when, that when we're going to talk on a certain subject, like joy, how many times when we speak on joy, everybody comes and they're a little bit down, they're a little sad. They're, they're just, have you noticed that? You, you, you preach on peace and everybody's anxious. And you, you preach on joy, everybody's sad. You, you preach on love and everybody wants to punch you. You know, it, it's, it's amazing how those kind of things... I think it's a, it's a conspiracy straight from the pit of hell. I think the kingdom of darkness is definitely alive and well on planet Earth. And, and he anticipates what's going to happen in the body of Christ. And he tries to nix us so that he can negate the truth of the message that comes to us at Christmas time. I think there's probably nothing that he hates as much as hope, peace, joy, and love. He hates all of those. So if, if you find that this morning as you were getting ready to come to church, you came in the church, you didn't like the way I was wearing my hair today and it just got you out of sorts, you know, the, the sad factor starts to, to come in, just know that you got an adversary. It's probably not you at all you're probably getting messed with by some spiritual realities that oftentimes in our Western world we're totally unaware of, but that doesn't mean they're not real. And, and we, we go through those things. Could be they had a tough week. Things could be getting a little more difficult as we get closer to Christmas. I don't know what's happened in your week. You may have been rear-ended in your car. That would just be terrible, wouldn't it? Our sister Karen was, was rear-ended this week, and her cute little Encore Buick was destroyed. Have they decided if it's totaled? They haven't decided yet. It just makes me mad. So let's go to prayer, okay? Father, we say that this is a season uh, when we have losses, and you've taught us to grieve well those things that we've lost. Matter of fact, you've even given us a godly sorrow, a sorrow that will, will lead to life, not a sorrow that will lead to death. And we know that the enemy is constantly trying to do a switch and bait. He's trying to get us to, to bite on a sorrow that leads to death. But Lord, today we just say we want to grieve everything that you've given to us that we've lost at no fault of our own. And we, we, we have a sorrow, Lord and we grieve, a godly grief. 
I thank you for that precious little red car that you gave Karen. I remember the day when she found it. We were so excited. It was wonderful. And now, Father, we, 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 we grieve that. We, we acknowledge that loss, and we ask, Lord, that you would fill the void. Father, that you would give something that would surpass the joy that was known with the encore. Could we have another encore of your grace? Come, Lord, and do for Karen what she can't do for herself. And for everyone that has experiences similar to that, I pray on the behalf of the body, Lord, that there would be a release of your love, there would be a release of your provision, there would be a release of your presence that would negate everything that comes against us from the kingdom of darkness because we are in the kingdom of your Son, the kingdom of light. Oh, for he has redeemed us. And for this we are eternally grateful. Amen. If you have your Bibles, keep them shut. We're going out of the Passion Translation today. and I want you to enjoy it, but after we've looked at the Passion Translation on the screen, you're free to get out your Bible and, and do some comparison because this is, this is a, a, a different flavor as you hear the Passion Translation this morning. We're going to Luke chapter 2, verse 8, the power of joy. Oh, let the kingdom come, Lord Jesus. That night... <clears throat> In a field near Bethlehem, there were shepherds watching over their flocks. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared in the radiant splendor before them, lighting up the field with the blazing glory of God, and the shepherds were terrified. But the angel assured them, saying, Don't be afraid, for I have come to bring you good news, the most joyous news the world has ever heard. There's some anointing on that one. And it is for everyone everywhere. For today in Bethlehem, a rescuer was born for you. <clears throat> he is the Lord Yahweh, the Messiah. You will recognize him by this miraculous, this, this miracle sign. You will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a feeding trough. <clears throat> then, all at once, a vast number of glorious angels appeared, the very armies of heaven, and they all praised God, singing, Glory to God in the highest realms of heaven. For there is peace and a good hope given to the sons of men. When the choir of angels disappeared back into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go. Let's hurry and find this word that is born in Bethlehem and see for ourselves what the Lord has revealed to us. So they ran into the village and found their way to Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in a feeding trough. Upon seeing this miraculous sign, the shepherds recounted what had just happened. Everyone who had heard the shepherd's story was astonished by what they were told. But Mary treasured all these things in her heart and often pondered what they meant. The shepherds returned to their flock, ecstatic over what had happened. 
they praised God and glorified him for all they had heard and seen for themselves, just like the angel had said. Let's pray. Father, we're so thankful that your word is a living word because you are a living God. And just as you have spoke through all these years, through the sacred text, we invite you to speak to our hearts personally today. Let us have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Let us have eyes to see into the realm of your kingdom today. And may we have faith to believe everything that you have said. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we got some characters in the, today's passage, don't we? The angel of the Lord. <clears throat> and now I, I love, I'm, I'm starting to get in my old age a new appreciation for angels. I kind of liked angels when I was a kid, you know. Always had the angel on the Christmas tree and, and all those kind of things. And you'd see the little, I, I, the little figurines, those precious moments angels and stuff like that, you know, and all the, that, that's cute. But I like real angels. I like real angels. I, I'm not into the, just the, the representation of an angel. I'm looking for the angelic appearance. I'm looking to see into the realm of the kingdom of heaven and see the angels. Now, Rick, you're getting a little crazy, aren't you? Who saw an angel this week? see an angel? You looked in a mirror? Did you? You didn't try to cast it out, did you? No. Okay. They're fallen angels, but they, we're, we're talking about the non-fallen angels. And uh, it's biblical, folks. It's biblical. That's all I got to say. If, if you don't believe the Bible's real and you don't believe it's true, then you're probably going to have trouble with those things that the Bible talks about. Because here the Bible says there's a bunch of shepherds, they're just going about their business as usual, and then suddenly an angel appeared. And we've been preaching through Acts, and we see that as the church grows and as it's gone along, the angels are coming and the angels are given directions. The angels are speaking, they're manifesting, they're helping them get where they're supposed to go. And they, have, they, they stop saying, don't be afraid. That's, that's one of the first things that an angel usually has. Here, this is Luke. This is the one who wrote the book of Acts. But now we see when we get to chapter 12 of Acts, they're not saying, don't be afraid. Everybody's used to having angels show up and talk to them and give them directions and bringing something from the Father to the earth because they're his emissaries. They're his messengers. They're the ones that have been on assignment sent from God the Father on our behalf. They minister to Abraham's children which through the blood of Jesus, that includes us. Amen. That's good preaching, Rick. Thanks for telling us that. Okay. 
so when, those, those, when that angel appeared to, to the shepherds, they were so scared, they were terrified. They were terrified. I don't know. Can, can you think back to the last time that you were extremely terrified? You remember when that was? Unfortunately for Michelle Dibdahl, God bless her. I scare that girl half to death almost every week. She'll be busy engrossed in her work and I'll walk in the room and it's like she doesn't know that I work here. I, I don't know what it is. And, and she's startled. And I, I know I'm probably one of the number one reasons why she's got to have that pacemaker going in her, in her heart because I'll come around the corner and she'll jump. You know, she'll, every time I feel so bad, I, I, I don't be afraid, it's just me. Don't relax, fear not, it's just me. But when we get startled, I mean, it just, you know, you get kind of a surge of adrenaline. You just get all sorts of stuff going off and it's almost like that you're paralyzed for a second. It just, and I think that the shepherds probably were in that state for a long time as the angel was communicating with them. You know, it's kind of hard to hear what someone's saying when you're scared, when you're terrified. <sighs> so that's why I think they had to have the choir come and back up the message. Mm -hmm. So here they come. The, the angel of the Lord comes. He comes suddenly. And, and when the angel of the Lord comes, there's splendor. There's radiance. There's glory. There's just a manifestation because they've been in the presence of God and they reflect his glory and they carry it with them and they radiate something. And so that here they are on the field at night and it's all lit for ready for a Hollywood production. And they have to say, don't be afraid again. We've come, I've come to bring you good news and I love the way Brian Simmons has translated this. The most joyous news the world has ever heard. It's for everyone everywhere. This isn't just for the Jews. This isn't just for uh, the time Bible. It's for everyone everywhere. Everyone everywhere. Look to your neighbor and say, everyone everywhere. That includes you. Okay. So what's the specifics of this wonderful announcement of great news? Good news of great joy is the way the NIV translates it. I like that. It's a great joy. It's a great joy. The Savior, the Messiah, has been born. You'll find this sign. You'll find a baby boy wrapped in strips of cloth, lying in a feeding trough. Whoa. Wow. Probably can't miss that one, can you? How many babies are sleeping in the feeding trough? Probably not many. So there they are. They, they're, they're relaxed. They got the, the, they got the sign. They, they, they get the miraculous sign that, that will confirm what they've just heard is true. But they may not have heard it because they're still scared to death. And... Uh, so, suddenly, again, the choir appears from heaven. This is the A-team choir. They're coming and they're singing. 
and they just appear. It's a glorious, glorious angels appear. He translates the very armies of heaven. They all praise God singing. Glory to God in the highest realms of heaven. The very, very highest realms. Glory to God. God should be praised and worshipped and exalted to the very highest level that we can possibly do. I don't know about you, but there's times in worship where I, I kind of hit that place where I know that I'm giving God everything I have to give him, and I know he's deserving of a way more than that. And there's, there's at that time that something goes off in my spirit, and I say, Lord, give me a grace to give more worship, to go higher in my praise, to sing <laughs> the song of the Lord that he so richly deserves. Give me an enabling grace to go beyond where I am. And it's at that time I know there's nothing on earth that can exalt and give him the highest praise that he so richly deserves. We need the host of heaven to join us when we worship, to join us when we are exalting the Lord. We need the angel choirs to appear and to assist us in giving him the highest praise because he's so deserving. He's so deserving. <clears throat> Glory to God in the highest realms of heaven. Mm. For there is peace and good hope. Brian Simmons, when he translates, oftentimes in the Passion Translation, he's going back to the Aramaic instead of to the, to the Greek, to the Kone Greek. And so he's, he's bringing in, we, we've all used to the Greek text, we're all used to, you know, a, a good news of a great joy. And so now he's, he, he's coming in and he's, and he's bringing, for there is peace and a good hope. In the Greek, it's goodwill. In the Hebrew, it's good hope. It's a good hope. It's a good hope. Given to the sons of men. Mm. So our next group is the shepherds. They're terrified. They're, they're frightened beyond themselves. But once the angel had spoken and once the angel choir has sung and departed and they're alone with their flock on the hill, they say, let's go. Let's get out of here. Let's go check this out. And so they go and they see what they've been told. <clears throat> they run to the village. They're not walking. They're running. They're going quickly. They find Jesus in the feeding trough. They come upon Joseph and Mary. And they, they see that sign that the angels told them. And they realize that they are looking at the Messiah the Christ, the anointed one. When you, when you realize that you're beholding something that you've longed for all your life, your people has longed for for decades and centuries, and they've longed for the appearing of the Messiah, and now you realize that you are looking at the Savior. You're looking at the Messiah himself. Uh, I don't know who wrote that song, but uh, Mary, did you know? song oh gracious i just love 
you know, it's kind of like, shepherds, do you know? Do you have a clue? At times, I, I, I just want to smack myself and say, do you have a clue? Do you have a clue who you have been invited to be in his presence and to know intimately and to have time every day with that he longs to spend all eternity with us? Oh, wake up. See the baby Jesus. <laughs> See the Savior. See the wonder of wonders. See the miracle of God coming in the flesh. This, the whole thing of the incarnation is just, it, it's miraculous. And if you, if you want to do some real damage in the kingdom of darkness, just go around saying, Jesus came in the flesh. Jesus came in the flesh. You want to see demons get upset? Just say, Jesus came in the flesh. Jesus came. He, he came as, as a human being. They hate it. They absolutely hate it. Because, believe it or not, demons are very legalistic. And they have to acknowledge truth. They have to acknowledge truth. Even though they're... they're their leader is the father of lies, and that's what he does on a regular basis, and he lies to us about ourselves, but they can't lie in, when you, in the name of Jesus, declare the truth. Jesus came in the flesh, then he dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory full of grace and truth. And, and when we speak that, we are speaking something into the spirit realm that gets heaven's attention and hell's attention. And they hate it. And I love it when they hate stuff. I just love it. Because Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. And we got to realize that's part of our commission. As we're being sweet and we're telling the kids the stories of Jesus and the little lammies and all the wonderful, precious things, we, we need to tell them, Jesus came to kick butt when it comes to the devil. I mean, he came to destroy what the enemy has, has stolen from the Father and what he's stolen from us. And that's good news. That's great joy. I love that. I get excited. There's something about me that just says, I like that. Oh, Jesus, I like it that you're, you're going to destroy the works of the evil one because sin, sickness, death, rebellion. Oh, anybody want to get rid of a little bit of a rebellious nature? Spirit inside you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that goes all the way back to Genesis 3. That goes back to, to the garden. Rebellion's what he's used against us because he is the one that rebelled in heaven. And so he gets us to try to manifest his likeness on the earth. And so we'll rebel against everything. We'll rebel against our spouse. We'll rebel against our parents. We'll rebel against the teachers, the school. Rebel against authority. We'll rebel against ourselves just so we have something to rebel against. It's like rebellion is everywhere. And every time we rebel against something that is of God, we are aligning ourselves with the evil one. Aren't you glad you came to church? Yes, yes. And this Christmas season, we should not be in agreement with the evil one.
we're going to rebel, let's rebel against him. And the best way to rebel against him is not by rebelling, but by adoring the true Christ. Embracing the fullness of the Messiah. Realizing that the Son of God, the second member of the Godhead, became flesh, became a human being, was just like us in every way, except he never sinned. He had all our desires. He had all our appetites. He had everything that humanity has. And yet he never said. And because he came in the flesh, he was the perfect sacrifice for every one of us. That's why this is good news of great joy for everyone everywhere. Because Jesus came in the flesh to die for us. That we would not have to die but live eternally. And so the the sentence of death because of sin, because of rebellion, because of our opposition toward the heart of the Father has now been changed and radically transformed. And now when he looks at you, he sees you because he's always had you in his heart. Before he created the foundation of the world, he knew you and he loved you. He wanted you. That's why you were born regardless of what your birth circumstances are. It was his will in his heart. And so now, out of the new birth, we, kind, we, we get the kind intentions of his heart and we get to discover who we really are. We're, we're not the person we think we are. We're not the person that others have told us that we are. We're not the summation of our sins and our poor decisions and choices. We are children of God. He's lavished his love upon us because he created us in his image. And as we start saying yes to the Messiah, and we take that first little step and we say yes, and we invite Jesus in to forgive us of our sins, we have something bearing witness with our own spirit. Yes, I am a child of God. We know it. And that's when there's a five alarm siren going off in hell. Quick, attack, attack, attack. They're believing, they're believing the truth. We gotta conceal it, we gotta hide. Make them feel inferior, make them feel afraid, make them feel like they don't really measure up. Remind them what they did last week last month, last year, whatever's our worst moment, bring it to, to bear. But as we pursue and we get a little closer and we, and we begin to get more time, we, we, we start getting attentional. We spend time with Jesus. We spend time with the Father. We spend time with the Holy Spirit. We're spending time with God. And as we do that, all of a sudden, we start to see really how much He, he loves us. Well, I, I knew he loved Debbie, but she's nice. She's, she's creating his image feminine. You've got to like femininity. But he likes me too. And so you start taking more steps, and you get closer, and you get closer. And I wish it was just like easy peasy from that point on, but as we all know, the enemy never gives up. He hates when we f- discover who we truly are. He hates the fact that we know that God is good. 
he still wants to paint a picture that God's going to clobber us just as soon as we screw up again. He's going to really nail us with the other shoe, and we're really going to never recover from that. But as we get to know him, we find out that's not his nature. He's always loved. Even when we read in the Old Testament stories and we, we see some manifestations of, 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 of just some real harsh stuff, we start to understand, but I know him as love. And now the Holy Spirit helps us see the Old Testament through the eyes of the Lord Jesus and through the eyes of a loving Father God. And all of a sudden we realize that there's something really going on here. That when human beings will partner with the kingdom of darkness and they're going to do harm to God's people, God intervenes. Read the book of Revelation if you want to see how he feels about those who do something wrong to his little ones. The suffering, the plagues, all the different things that happen in the book of Revelation are shown as the loving heart of a father that protects his kids. And he goes after those that harm his kids. He will be patient and allow them a, t a, a time of repentance, but if they choose not to repent, they're the ones that choose to separate themselves from him for all eternity. Serious stuff. Serious stuff. Aren't you glad we're talking about joy today? Can you feel the joy? Woo! Woo! So there's the shepherds. Oh my. When they discover the sign, they start talking and they share what they just experienced with the angelic visitation and the choir of heaven. And so when they share that, now everybody that's hearing this is realizing, oh my, something's going on. God's on the move. A Savior's been born. The Messiah's here. And so they go off, and everywhere they go, they, as they tell the story of what had happened, they give their testimony. They talk about what they have seen and what they have heard. And when you have seen and you have heard, you've got something to share with someone else. I can't share with you Rick's testimony unless he shared it with me. And then once I've heard his testimony, I find, ooh, that's kind of like what the Lord did with me, you know. And, and then I can share my testimony, and I can say, and it happened to Rick too. And this is, this is amazing stuff. Isn't it good? And we start to see that as we go tell it on the mountain, as we go tell what the Lord has done for us, what we have seen, what we have heard, as we begin to share that with others, it brings astonishment. People get astonished at the goodness of God. They get astonished at how God can communicate. Now, if I told you this morning, I got up, you know, and I was talking to this angel, and he's telling me this, 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 this. And you'd say, oh, I knew one day he'd go over the edge. Where's the straight jacket? And where's the rubber room? We need to get him carried it off. That's, that's the way the enemy would have us interpret supernatural stuff that we can't, we, we don't have a grid for 
in our Western mindset. In our Western worldview, we, we, we don't know how to process that. Thank God it happened in the East because they didn't get thrown in the loony bins. But they could talk about what they'd seen. An angel came and spoke to me and said, there's going to be a, a baby born. He's going to be in a feeding trough. And he's going to be wrapped up. Go check it out. That's the Messiah. Now, if it was just another shepherd telling another shepherd, that'd be one thing. But when it's an angel sent from God, that's another. Some of us need an angelic visitation. Anybody want one? I think it would be good for us. I'm getting real serious about being intentional of seeing into the spiritual kingdom of God, seeing into the realms of heaven. And I invite you to join me on the journey. I feel like I'm in kindergarten. There's so much I don't know. But the thing I do know is God is good. And that wherever we are, he wants to invite us closer. Whatever we've experienced, he's got more for us to experience. Whatever level of freedom we've known away from our addiction and our sin, he's got a greater freedom, a greater liberty, a complete liberty that he wants us to know. He's so good. He's so amazing. I love him. just like the angel said, it all, it all happened just that way. And that's how you know when it comes to pass. It's the way they judged the Old Testament prophet. If he said a plague was coming and a plague didn't come, they'd stone him. But if it came, they knew he was speaking from God. Mm -hmm. We get to the last character of the day, and that's Mary. Ladies, we've got to end with femininity. You guys are so amazing. And here's Mary. She hears everything that the angels have said she, from the shepherds. She, she gets it from the shepherds. She's had her own Gabriel angel experience. She's, she's experienced the supernatural conception by the Holy Spirit. She's given birth, and now she hears the stories again. And she's a mom. She's a mom. And she hears all that stuff and she treasures them. I'm here to say for both men and women, Jesus is to be treasured. And every way that you hear about Jesus, you need to treasure that. Think about everything that has been a promise that the Lord has given to you Think about all the different prophetic words that the Spirit has, has given unction to someone to speak and they came to you. Treasure those things. Ponder them. Get them out. Look at them. Mm. This is a great day. This is a great day to rejoice because we have great joy. We have great joy. In Him is the fullness of 
of joy. At his right hand are pleasures forever, forevermore. Joy isn't about our circumstances. Joy isn't about a new car. Joy isn't about a prosperous Christmas. Joy is a relationship with the man of joy. As we get to know joy, we get to know Jesus. As we get to know Jesus, we get to know joy. Don't have joy? Get closer to Jesus. Get closer to Jesus. I know that some may be facing some really, really tough stuff and you're thinking, oh, my stars, I came to church and they're talking about joy. And oh. You don't know the reality that I live in. I know that there is an adversary who wants to make your life as miserable as he possibly can make it. He is committed to destroying you. Jesus said that he is a thief and he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So he really could care less if you have a nice Merry Christmas. And if he can attack you mentally, if he can attack you in any realm of your soul this Christmas season, anything that's outside the Lordship of Jesus Christ is fair game for him, and he knows that. So if we're, we're trying to straddle the fence and, and be Christian on the even days of the week and not be Christian on the odd days of the week or we get some kind of that, that crazy double-mindedness, he's got free reign to mess with us. That's why I, I, I think today the Lord is saying, I want my people to be a rejoicing people because I want them to know the joy of my lordship over every area of their lives. And inasmuch as there's an area in our life that he is not Lord of, the enemy will exploit it. Because he doesn't want us to know the joy of the Lord. As Kevin said this morning, quoting the scriptures, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Because the only way I get the joy of the Lord is by being in the presence of the Lord. And when I'm in the presence of the Lord, his love, joy, hope, peace, all of that comes over me. And now I'm strong. Now I can go forth. Victorious, triumphant, and celebrating. I feel it. Anybody want to dance? <laughs> I know I'm a repressed old Methodist. But there is something in my feet that makes me happy. If I was thinking about this, I'd throw up a clip of happy feet right now because I, I, like, I feel like I got happy feet. I don't want to draw attention to me. I want to draw attention to the Lord who makes me so full of joy. I want to draw attention to the one who is joy. And if you're, if you're just a half-court low on joy today, we want to top you off. And the nice thing about the joy of the Lord is it's an oil that you don't have to worry about getting too much in your engine. 
having too much joy, the oil of joy in your engine spiritually just overflows to everybody else. Okay? You don't have to worry about it messing up. You don't have to say, oh, I got too much in. I got to drain a little bit. No. Leave it full to overflowing. So, Lord, we just ask in Jesus' name that you release the fullness of your presence, that at this Advent season, this incredible celebration of the inbreaking of your kingdom into planet Earth, heaven invades Earth. We say, Lord, there's nothing that makes us more joyful than you. So bring your presence Release your holy angels. Let them minister in all the specific ways that you have ordained that they minister today. We don't have the human ingenuity to orchestrate, but you do. And we acknowledge, Holy Spirit, that you're here and that you want to give upgrades to everyone who needs an upgrade. You want to top off to overflowing everyone who's running a quart low. Father, for those that haven't changed oil since they said yes to Jesus, I say today's a good day for an oil change. Lord, uh, no quick lube. Bring us in for the full, full. Bring the cleansing. Get all the pollutants out of the old oil and release fresh oil from heaven. And fill us up that we would live and that we would be so filled with joy that we would overflow and touch others by the reality of your goodness. For you truly, you are the man of joy. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.